Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only show that dares to be both on topic and on location. Each time we meet, we bring together IT luminaries to discuss a single concept. In this episode, we'll be discussing the concept of cloud lock-in. Is it really so bad to be locked into a cloud? Before we begin, let's quickly meet who's on the panel today. I'm Stephen Foskett, the organizer of Tech Field Day. You can find me on Twitter at sfoskett. I'm Ben Keeps. Uh, I'm an independent analyst, and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Keeps. I'm Dave Hitz. I'm the co-founder of NetApp. All righty. Very good. So today we're discussing a premise uh, that is, uh, I think, interesting to us and perhaps a little controversial, and that is that in the history of IT, everybody's been all worried about lock-in and you know vendors doing this and vendors doing that. The question is, when it comes to the cloud, should we be worried about lock-in or maybe we should just uh, give up and love it? Um, let's start the discussion with Dave. Uh, you brought this up, so what do you think? Well, let, let me tell you the story. I was talking to the CIO from a big bank, and he told me his goal. He had a couple of goals. One of his goals, he said, was he wanted to, to get his employees happier, get them, get them energized, get them the best development tools, make them really productive. That was goal number one. And, and later we were talking, and he, he mentioned the cloud, and he said, yeah, we're using the cloud, and I want to make sure every app we develop can run both in my own private cloud as well as in multiple public clouds. And I was like, dude, I think that's a really bad plan. I think you should embrace cloud lock-in, because if you don't, your DevOps team's not going to be as happy. You are for, if you don't allow cloud lock-in, you are foregoing some of the best, most innovative, most powerful development environments that there are. And I think you should just, I'm not saying never worry about it, but I think you should embrace it in places you choose. Yeah, because it sounds like a pretty good idea, right? I mean, if, you, if you're worried about um, you know, these new technologies and sort of, you know, maybe, you know, the vendors might not continue with the same product or the same service or the same protocols or the same capabilities, um, and you embrace it, if you bet on the wrong horse, you could bet really wrong, right? I mean, why wouldn't you want to have things platform agnostic? You know, at the end of the day, what is every organization looking to do? It's looking to move faster, be, to be innovative, and be agile. The best way to do that is, is to use the highest value service. And so at the end of the day, if you can move you know, twice as fast by using something that gives you lock-in or creates lock-in, then, you know, that's, that, that's not ideal, but it's better than, than taking twice as long and not getting to market as quickly as you want. My buddy Corey Sanders, who's an a, a, um, exec at Microsoft, talks about, about being locked in by love. And so there's a lot of people who are, who are locked into, you know, platforms like Microsoft Azure or, or, or AWS, and they're locked in because, you know, those platforms provide them really, really, really valuable services. You know, if you're on a platform that you love and it's providing your organization value, then being locked in isn't such a bad thing. Yeah, and I think that's probably the point. So when we say cloud lock-in, we don't mean you know contractual or something. We're talking about using specific features that we, that we like or that we love, you know? You know, at the end of the day, if we didn't want to be locked in, we'd, we'd have you know, servers, physical servers, and we'd sit them there and we wouldn't abstract any level further up the chain. The reason we do that is because it allows us to go faster, to be nimble, to be agile, to innovate. You know, that's one of the flip sides of that is that it creates a degree of lock-in. Mm -hmm. I would say lock-in is a sign of innovation. I mean, if all of the big public clouds were just the same, which is what you would have to have in order for there not to be any lock-in, right? That would mean none of them were adding cool new features, mm -hmm. right? Lock-in means they went and invented something 
cool, whether it's Lambda from Amazon or whether it's Watson. If you want to use Watson, you got to go to IBM, right? They're the ones with Watson. How cool is that? And Microsoft, the whole Azure and Azure stack, like every one of them has their unique thing that they bring. That's because it's a hot, exciting, innovating, quickly moving industry. That's what causes the lock-in, is the amazing coolness of what's going on. Yeah, I would say it's probably not as black and white as that. So if you're an, if you're an eBay, for example, you know, eBay's huge on, on OpenStack because they've got enough scale that they can probably be almost as innovative on, on OpenStack as they could be were they to use AWS. If you're a little SMB that's got you know, half a dozen developers, you, there's no way you've got the scale, and therefore you're going to accept a bit more lock-in than, than, than a large, large vendor would maybe. Well, it's interesting that you bring up OpenStack because although OpenStack, of course, is a cloud platform, it's also a genericizing exercise. It's an exercise in making everyone's thing, whatever it is, work similarly with all these different uh, standard interfaces for networking and for storage and so on. Is, is OpenStack antithetical to this argument? Yeah, I mean, OpenStack's whole value proposition is that it is open, that it doesn't create lock-in. And that um, it's leveling. And that it's leveling. I mean, I, I, the fact of the matter is that if you look at who's using OpenStack successfully, you know, things like the Large Hadron Collider, things like, you know, organisations like eBay, uh, you know, Verizon, AT&T, huge organisations that can afford, A, to do some wrangling, to not, you know, not find a vendor to do that for you, and secondarily, can, who have got kind of the, uh, the smarts to do the really cool stuff on top of the platform. Mm -hmm. It's different from the SMB use case. So uh, OpenStack is great, and it's an example of a tool that can help you span multiple clouds and, and, and have a, a unified environment between them. There's nothing wrong with that. It's great. Um, if you happen to need, say, DeepMind or Watson or Amazon's Lambda, you don't get that from OpenStack, right? So it, it, I would argue you have to choose. There's going to be times you say, you know what, for me, for this, for my size, for what I need to do, OpenStack's a great, it's a multi-cloud platform, and you can run it on-prem, right? So that's awesome. There will be other times you go, wow, if I really wanted to get a small team of, of devs to do the quickest thing, the fastest, and generate the highest value, it may well be that choosing one of those other plat, I'm not going to get in the middle of which one you should choose for what problem, but my hunch is uh, choosing one of those other platforms and just saying, you know what, I'm going to go with that one that that'll be a better answer. And you know, Dave, you've been in the industry a long time, um, and you and I, I mean, in this time, I know, I know that we've both seen a lot of attempts to create sort of a generic platform, an overlay la layer, a, a, something, that, something that allows everybody's product to work the same, whether it's window managers for applications or Java or whatever. Those things have always been tremendously unsatisfying to use and yet really valuable. I mean, so I remember the early days of the GUI wars, right? There was the Windows GUI and the Mac GUI, and Unix had no end of GUIs. I, oh, I yeah. used Tom's Window Manager. Thing? Yeah, and so, so people are like, well, I don't, you know, you asked at the beginning, why wouldn't you want an agnostic solution that will run across any GUI? Well, you said cloud. Like, of course you would want that, but the problem was you can't have it. So then companies emerged and said, hey, we'll make that thing. And I remember those apps, the, the apps that came out of the generic GUI app that'll spit out Apple, spit out Windows, spit out Unix. The buttons were always not quite right. It was a little bit clunky. It didn't really feel like the Windows app or the, the Mac app. But you know what? It might be fine for like some IT internal thing of like, hey, here's how you change your password. Like, that's fine. But when it came to, would you ship that to a customer? 
Yeah, probably. I'm not saying there's no place for it. Uh, in fact, there's awesome places for it. I'm just saying it's another tool in the toolbox. It's not a panacea against ever. Companies that were serious about shipping apps, they wrote a Windows app. And then they also wrote a Mac app. And then they also today write an iOS app. And they also do an Android app, right? I mean, that's, it's, uh, you, 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 you go in and you embrace the tools. Or, or maybe if you can get away with it, you just do one. And that's uh, that, of course, brings up what I wanted to say next, which is look at the smartphone apps and, you know, look at the cross-platform apps. You've got Google with their, like, weird fabric look on iOS, and so the apps just feel all wrong on iOS. And that's because, uh, to their credit, they're saying, you know what, no, we're not writing an Android app, we're writing a Google app, and so it should look like Google. Um, how about that? Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a, and it's interesting. I wrote an article uh, recently about, you know, a survey came out talking about uh, cross-platform versus, versus native apps. And, um, you know, this company was purporting that, that developers are, are wanting to go cross-platform increasingly. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is the same kind of story. At the end of the day, the reason people build native iOS apps is because there's some high-level Apple APIs that they can take advantage of that they can't in a cross-platform cross paradigm. And so again, you know, there's value to be to be gained out of doing double the work to create an Android app and an iOS iOS app. If that value is high enough, then organisations will make the decision to do so. And look at some of the new things. Okay, go ahead. Yes. I was just going to say that's where it becomes a strategy question. I'll give you just in my personal life. There's apps where I always use the app. There's other apps where I usually just go to my web page on my phone. I mean, I, to be honest, if I'm using IMDb, I don't know why they bothered with the app. I just go on to imdb.com on the, on the browser on my phone. Um, and that's fine. That's plenty good, you know? And, that, but there, and there's other, so maybe they should have just saved their time. But there's other apps that like, no, I'm definitely using that app, you know? Exactly. Um, so, so my point isn't that you should always embrace cloud lock-in. My point is that you should choose when to do it, and it should be sometimes, yeah, and you not never. You should make a conscious decision. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's uh, exactly, that's kind of the next thing that I was going to come up with, too. Is, so, so Apple's adding all these new services and APIs. You know, they've got the AI stuff and the, and the ML and the augmented reality and all this kind of stuff. Um, if, if you can't, if, if you choose that you need to have different platforms, then you're going you're gonna to cast off you know, their augmented reality. You can't be leading edge yeah. if you don't embrace whoever's innovating on a particular yeah. front. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's not that cloud lock-in is universally bad. Maybe it's just that you need to be, if you want to be on the forefront, you have to not be afraid of it because you're going to be living in it anyway. You need to, you need to understand, you need to make conscious decisions about, about the platforms you consume and how you consume them. And if those decisions are made in context of your customers, uh, you know your investments, your strategy. Then lock in, no lock in. Either is fine. It, it just depends on the strategy. So much what you're doing. I mean, if what you're doing is fairly traditional client-server environments with some Windows and some Linux, well, y you can run that stuff on pretty much any cloud vendor out there. They'll sell you VMs, and you load up your client Windows and load up like like that's fine. And even much more advanced models like a bunch of containers with Kubernetes guiding the whole thing. Again, depending what services you use, that'll be something you can run in a lot of different environments. It's, it's when you start getting to, to more particular services or more particular uh, like areas of innovation when you say, oh yeah, okay, time to go choose CloudX. So if you're not afraid of lock-in and you embrace it and you go with our advice here, 
Um, what are you in for? Um, you know, potentially a vendor might fail, a vendor might put their pricing up, uh, you know, a vendor might, you know, change a, a, the specification of a tool. But at the end of the day, this world is so dynamic, you know, applications are changing so rapidly, use cases are changing so rapidly, that those those things are very much a secondary risk. Uh, and the most important thing is, is, is time to market. I think there are some lessons we can learn from the old days of Unix when there was HPUX was different from AIX, was different from SunOS. Most people didn't say, I'm never going to write anything that is custom for one of those. But a lot of people said, I'm going to work with two different ones so I can play them off against each other. And it might not be easy for me to escape one completely, but I can tell them, guess what? Until you straighten out, all my new stuff's going over here. And the other thing is you can do ports. I mean, I, I think the, the longer you wait, the easier it's going to be to move. Because all of the, the cloud vendors are copying each other. Right, I mean, they, they like lock-in if it's to a particular one of them, but they don't like lock-in if it keeps other people from moving in. And so they're, they're all in a race to try and add the things. My instinct is, if you do an app using today's technology, leading edge on whichever one, three years from now, like if development slows down on that, you're no longer changing it as fast, three years from now, it probably won't be that hard to get it somewhere else. And it probably so, won't matter. The app probably won't exist anymore. Yeah, or, so I mean, I, and it may be time to rewrite it. it it's yeah. just, I, I, it's temporary. I mean, people, you, you buy a PC server and it's going to last for four years of capital expense, oh my God, I'm locked in. Well, for four years you are, or you choose a SaaS vendor. I mean, that's, now you've really, there's not even a question, could I run it somewhere else, right? So why are we so afraid of this one particular kind of lock-in when we're locked in in all sorts of reasons all the time? Yeah, look at the rest of our lives, right? I mean, most of us don't buy a new car every week. Oh no, I've got automobile lock-in. Exactly, I've got, yeah, I've got Tesla lock-in now for the next three years yeah. because I signed that lease. Yeah. What am I gonna do? I'm locked into gasoline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um and and truthfully, you know what you do is at the end of the lease you decide whether you want another one or you not and you move all your stuff out and you change your registration and maybe you have a charger that doesn't work anymore, but you had some years of good service. Yeah. You know? So I guess that's uh I guess that's the answer then. We uh, you embrace lock-in if you want to be on the leading on the leading edge. You don't be afraid of it. Um that doesn't mean that you have to be locked in. Um, you know, as you point out with, with your apps, sometimes, uh, sometimes some things can be generic. Embrace lock-in sometimes. Embrace lock-in sometimes. Make conscious decisions. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to knock it off here with the on-premise IT roundtable. If you enjoyed this discussion, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes since that really helps our visibility. And also share the show with your friends. This podcast was brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to GestaltIT slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>